speaking on love. It's probably, uh, you know, those are indicators for us. That's identifying what God is trying to do in the church. It's not just a message. This is not just a sermon. Uh, This is not just stuff that I pull off the Internet and give you a few emails and jokes and um, stories and try to line it up with the word. Uh, We are very sensitive, and we are very sensitive into the direction and the season that our church is going. I get emails all the time from people that, uh, you know, want to help me prepare my sermons for the next 12 months. And I just don't know how you could do that. I mean, there, there's, there's, I, I've been to conferences. You can go to conferences and hear pastors that they've got 12-month planners, man. They know what they're preaching for the next 12 months out. Good for you um, that God's giving you that kind of uh, direction. Uh, and, um, you know, hey, I, I'm not speaking against it. But for me, he just, he hasn't done that yet. Um, if he ever wants to give me what we're doing 12 months from now, I'll be all for it. Uh, would probably ease up my Saturday evenings and my Sunday mornings a little bit. Um, but then at the same time, I like just flowing with what the Holy Spirit wants to bring and what he wants to say. So with that being said, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to talk about uh, taking gratitude for granted. Taking gratitude for granted. This morning and uh, you know it can be real easy to confuse the fact that Thanksgiving is coming up and that this is just a typical Thanksgiving message a gratitude message Um, but it's not Um, the the holiday that we're getting ready to celebrate might seem coincidental but um, it's not I believe this is a direction that our church is going in. And so let's look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and um, we'll start with uh, verse, is it verse 7? Verse 7. Let's start in verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Everybody say good land. A good land. Thank God he's not bringing us into a bad land. Right? Uh, you know, I, this is the promised land. He's, he's talking through Moses to the Israelites. And you know what we do a lot of times? A lot of times we confuse our environment with our condition. A lot of times we confuse our environment with our condition. What do I mean? The, it was the promised land. But were, were there some fights that needed to be fought in the promised land? Absolutely. Was there some oppression, some opposition? Uh, You know, we're about to hear some details of everything, all the good things that the land had. But here's the difference. Just because you're in the environment that God wants you in doesn't mean you won't come against some uh, opposing conditions. And here's what we do. The very second that a storm shows up or the very second that a trial starts to show, we start wondering if we're in the right environment, don't we? Don't we do this? And we start talking ourselves out of the very thing that God brought us into. He says, I'm bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. Isn't that interesting? 
Probably shouldn't read all these verses right before lunch, but I trust that you'll stay with me. A bread, uh, 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 you'll eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, that sounds like Thursday, doesn't it? When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. What's that? That's Thanksgiving. When you have eaten and are full, then you will bless the Lord your God. He's saying, I'm about to send you into a place where there is no lack. Every resource you need, I'm going to provide it for you. There's going to be more than enough for you. This is the land that he's promised us. This is the land that he wants to bring you into. Uh, The land that you're currently in feels like uh, uh, scarcity. He's talking to them in the wilderness. He's talking to them in the wilderness where, you know, there wasn't always water. And there wasn't always something to eat. But here's the awesome thing about what God does. God made water come out of a rock. God made manna show up on the ground on the ground out of nowhere. God provided dinner in the evening by the way of birds. What's he trying to show them? He's trying to show them, and he's trying to show you and I, that God can make anything come from anything. What does that mean? Those are unlikely sources. Water does not naturally come out of a rock. I mean, I don't know how many times you've tapped into a rock and made it for you a nice cold cup of water. But that's unnatural, isn't it? Unnatural. Uh, You don't just go out into your front yard and find food just laying on the ground. And usually, uh, you know, they they had to overcome the five-second rule. uh, Because I'm sure it was there much longer than five seconds. They're eating this stuff straight up off the ground. They've got birds bringing them. What's he saying? He's saying, I can provide anything to you. In fact, Colossians chapter 1 shows us this. Keep your finger there in Deuteronomy because we're not... We're definitely not done there, but Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, I love how God provides. I love how God provides for his people. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, All things were created through him and for him. God is wanting to show us that you can get what you need from any source if you believe in him. I mean, let's just ask the question, where did the water come from? Did the water come from the rock? No, because rocks don't have water. The water came from God. Did the manna come from the ground? No, because the ground does not have the ability to produce biscuits and honey. No. You, you think that those birds were slaving over uh, uh, you know, that dinner and then bringing them to the Israelites? No, not possible. 
What's he trying to show the Israelites? He says, I am the source. Everything else is a resource. And there's a difference. He's wanting to show the Israelites, I'm the one that has provided. This rock didn't give you water. These birds didn't cook this meal. The ground did not produce this kind of uh, 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 morning breakfast, little treat, little biscuits and honey treat that we've got here. He's saying, I am. Because when you believe that God can produce it, then you'll quit looking at where it's coming from. And you'll start looking at why you need it. Why it's coming to you. And so the Israelites, uh, uh, you know, have gone through this wilderness opportunity to, for God to show himself mighty in their lives. Because here's the thing, guys. We would call all those instances a miracle. That's what you and I would call it. Wow, that's a miracle that there is uh, uh, biscuits and honey laying on the ground every morning that we wake up. It's a miracle that birds are providing uh, dinner in the evening and bringing it right to us. It's a miracle that we can uh, speak to a rock or strike a rock with a stick and then water just start. That's a miracle. But here's the thing, guys. God doesn't know. God does not have the term miracle in his vocabulary. Miracles is how God operates naturally. It's a miracle to you and I because it seems unnatural. But to God, that's just natural. God is not surprised when water comes out of a rock. God is not surprised when all of a sudden finance comes to you from the unlikeliest of sources. God is not surprised when resources start coming to you out of nowhere because you've just been trusting and believing in him. And you weren't putting your faith in the thing that's bringing it. You were putting your faith in the one that's bringing it through whatever avenue or thing he wants to use. If he wants to use a rock, he'll use a rock. If he wants to use a next door neighbor that doesn't even believe God, he'll use a next door neighbor. If he wants to use a job, he'll use a job. But if he wants to use some random person that doesn't even know you, God can get resource to you as long as you make him the source. But the second your job becomes the source, the second the ground becomes your source, the second uh, uh, the water cooler becomes your source, you have just limited God's movement in your life. And we're looking for the miracle. And we have to have faith for the miracle when that is God's natural way of operating. Because everything comes from him. He created everything for him, in him, and through him. And so he's trying to, number one, show the Israelites here that if you're going to have a heart of gratitude, if you're going to be thankful for what I've done for you, we're about to get into that, you've got to start recognizing where all this stuff is coming from anyways. Because when your job is providing for you, then you'll thank God for your job. And when your job quits providing for you, you won't be thankful for it any longer. And you just limited the source based upon the resource. And when that car is running great, that's just a resource. So we've got to identify, first of all, everything comes from God anyways. He says that I'm bringing you into a land that I promised to you. In fact, I promised this to your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is a promise way long ago. 
thank God that God has promises for us that are not based on how we've acted or how we've responded or, or, or our perfection to receive it, right? Because these Israelites, uh, they struggled with that in the wilderness. But no, it was a promise that he had already made, and therefore he is going to fulfill it. He says, I'm about to bring you into a land, verse 9, Deuteronomy 8, verse 9, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing a land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Look at verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest, when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of of bondage. What's he saying? He's saying, the more I give to you, the greater the risk you have of forgetting me. The more that I put in your hands, the greater risk you run of forgetting the one who put it in your hands. You got to get this today. You got to get this today. Because this is what we do. Our natural tendency is then to fixate on the thing that God brought to us rather than the one that brought it to us. We tend to fixate on the house rather than the one that gave us the ability to build the house. We fixate on the job rather than the one that gave us favor and even lined up that position for us in the first place when we didn't even deserve to be there. That moved upon uh, those employers' hearts to hire us and bring us in. And, and I'm telling you, this is what we do, guys, and, I, and I'm at danger of this myself, that we complain today about the thing that we prayed about yesterday. Was that not the condition of the Israelites? Was that not the issue of God's very people, that every time God brought them through something, the very next thing they're complaining about it? It's because of forgetfulness. It's because of the lack of remembering who. See, we get our eyes off of who's and, and off of who, and we start getting our eyes on the what. Uh, this past Thursday, we had a great time with our uh, young adults, and uh, Chase and Elizabeth. They're our young adult leaders, and and Chase spoke for just a moment and. Uh, he was talking about the background of thanking, the word, the words thank you, and how thanking is correlating with thinking. It's impossible to be thankful for something you don't think about. What does that mean? That means I've got to be intentional about fixating my eyes and fixing my mind on the one 
to who I am really. Are you, are you thankful for the cash or are you thankful for the one that brought you the cash? Are you thankful for the car or are you thankful for the one that brought? Are you thankful about the one, the who, not just the what? And we have to be intentional about getting our eyes off of the resource and getting our eyes back on the source. And this is what I think we do a lot. I think one of the greatest dangers of gratitude is our assumption that it has taken place. One of the dangers with gratitude is our assumption that we are just grateful. And it's important that we understand that showing gratitude flows from a heart that is grateful. Many of you have probably even heard the terminology, the attitude of gratitude. The attitude of gratitude. It's not just saying thank you, but it's the actual moment of reflection of being thankful, not just for what you have, but for who provided what you have. There's a great difference. There's a great difference. And this is what happens, is we take gratitude for granted. We take gratitude for granted. You may remember the uh, ten lepers that came to Jesus. The ten lepers that came to Jesus, and only one returned to say thank you. How many times do we go through life and we assume, oh, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. But yet, is it? Is that really the true state of our heart? Is that really the true state of our mind? Is that really the true state of our lives? That we are truly grateful. I, I, I'm thankful for this week and I'm thankful for the one time of the year that we give so much emphasis and, 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 and so much focus to being thankful. I mean, I'm sure that many of you will do like our family does on Thursday before we start breaking open the stuffing and the cranberry sauce and the, the turkey and the ham and the mac and cheese. Thank God for mac and cheese, man. Or, or Thanksgiving would be non-existent to my son. We've got to have mac and cheese. But before we do that, we, we stand in a big circle. We hold hands and we... Maybe you all go around the room and say one thing you're thankful for. Maybe this is something you do with your children, and we're, we're thankful. We're thankful. But how often are we thankful for the one that gave probably all the items that we list? I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for this thing. But how many of us are thankful to the one that gave it to us? Just like the song we just sang, let us become more aware. He hasn't disappeared. He hasn't gone anywhere. Maybe the fact that we're not recognizing where God is in our lives is due to the fact that our awareness is absent. Not that God is absent. Maybe it's the attention. Maybe it's the focus. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. We know these verses. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right. What's he saying? Put your attention. Put your focus on what's above, 
not on what's below. And here's the natural tendency, again, is that when we are given what's below, we focus on what's below. You have to be intentional about fixing your mind on things above. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. You can enjoy things on the earth while still fixing your mind on things above. Let me say that again because this is not a message of lack and poverty. And and this is not a message that God doesn't want us to have things. Look, God is fine with you having things. He's not okay with things having you. And that's the difference. God doesn't have to make you poor and in lack and have nothing to teach you something or to prove that he's God. God can prove that he's God. Let me show you something. Gratitude is not tied to what you have or what you don't have. Because gratitude is not a natural thing. Gratitude is a spiritual thing. And God's desire is that all spiritual things become existent in the natural. That's his desire. He wants evidence of the spiritual in the natural. So he wants evidence of your gratefulness in the spirit realm to show up through your thankfulness in the natural realm. And you can show gratitude and you can show. But it begins on the inside. I know people that say thank you that aren't grateful for anything. I know people that have nothing and they're some of the most grateful people in the world. It's about awareness. It's about awareness. And so many of us uh, run the risk and run the danger of taking gratitude for granted. And he's trying to show his people over here in Deuteronomy that you've got to keep your mind fixed. Going back over here to Deuteronomy in verse. um, Let's start with verse. Start with verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. And look, notice that he still has no problem with taking his people into the promised land, even knowing the risk that he's running in giving them these things and placing them in this environment. Even knowing that I'm potentially running a risk here that of, of placing them in a place of such bountifulness, Placing them in a place where there's no scarcity, no lack. That I, I'm running a bit of a risk that they'll fixate on that rather than me. But yet he still has no problem giving to his children. The statutes with which I command you today, verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply, your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is... Sounds like he wants his people blessed. Sounds like he wants his people to have some stuff. Sounds like he wants his people to, to be resourced. Amen. When your heart is lifted up, you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out from the rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do 
uh, to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, watch this, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. What just happened? You became the source instead of God. And that's where we run the danger. Look what I've built. Look what I have. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've made. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You remember me. You remember that I brought it to you. You remember that I'm the source. And that's just the resource. And guys, when we get this this mentality, that's when God can really move through our lives. Uh, So many of us are asking, God, what can you do for me? God, what can you do in me? But there's a shift when you start thinking, God, what do you want to do through me? That's a mentality that's uh, pretty scarce in our world today. But he wants his church to think like that. What, what do you need me to have so that I can be a blessing to others? What do you need me to have so that I can help accomplish the advancement of your kingdom in my world? Verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That sounds like a God that wants us blessed, doesn't it? That doesn't sound like a God that wants me broke. That doesn't sound like a God that wants me broke down, barely making it. That doesn't sound like a God that that wants me, uh, you know, at the bottom. No, his, his word tells me that he's made me to be the head and not the tail. Above not beneath. Thank you for those two amens. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. It's amazing that even while we read this, even while reading these verses, we think, how in the world could you forget a God that did so much? But yet we do. How in the world could, could I not remember God's faithfulness, but yet we do? It's the natural tendency. We take gratitude for granted. I mean, I I bet if I went across the room and asked, you know, are you a grateful person? Do you have an attitude of gratitude? Uh, Probably very few would just go out and just say, nope, I am not grateful. I'm not thankful for one thing that I have. Because we usually assume that we're there. And I'm not saying anybody in this room is not there. But I am showing you today how simple it is to shy away from that. To forget that God brought water out of a rock in your life one time. To forget that you woke up one morning and you found manna on the ground and you don't know how it got there. And he sustained you day after day. After day, after day. That's the God that I serve. And I want to be grateful. I want to be 
thankful. It's not set for just one time a year. Why are we moving in this direction? Because we're getting ready to move into a direction in our church where we're going to give towards expansion. We are going to see the increase of what God wants to do through us. But it's very difficult to give of what you have when you're not grateful for what you've been given. It's difficult to let go of what you have when it is the source rather than the resource. In three or four weeks, the the weekend of December 11th, we're going to come. And we're going to give above and beyond to the work that God has called us to do. Last year we called it stretch offering. I, I don't have a name for it this year. And those of you that have been faithful to give towards the expansion of our church, towards the stretch offering month to month, thank you for your continued support. But we're going to have one day where we bring beyond the tithe and beyond what we would consider an offering to the expansion. But here's the thing, guys. If we don't have a a grateful heart, we won't have a giving heart. And gratefulness comes out of a heart that says, this is not the source. This is merely a resource. This check, this money, this cash, this job, that's not the source. That's not the source. There's a source in heaven that has a greater supply than any job on this earth. That has a greater supply than any bank account on this earth. That has a greater supply than any car dealership on this. God knows how to get you what you need. But we have to see him as the source. We have to get our eyes off of the resource. We have to fight the natural tendency to fixate on the thing rather than the one who brought us. That's what I'm calling our church towards. The next several Sundays, we'll be focused on this. We'll be fixed on this. And God, what would you have me bring? But it starts with, first, God, what have you already brought to me? What have you already brought to me? What have you already placed in my hands that you're calling me to use? What have you already placed within my possession that you need me to be a vessel to flow through? You gotta be a water hose, not a well. A well stores up and keeps for itself, but a water hose says, What can you flow through my hands? What can you get to me so that it can be a blessing to somebody else? It's a great vision, a great thing that God is moving our church towards. And I'm grateful for every step. I'm grateful for all the water that came out of rocks. What does that mean? That's resources that came from unlikely sources because ultimately it didn't come from a rock. It came from God. I'm thankful for every time I went to check the mail and when I was wondering how I was going to pay this or make that, the check shows up. And I, unlikely sources, guys. Unlikely. Why? Because God knows how to get it to you. You've heard us say multiplying. If he knows that he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. 
But let's not be like the Israelites. Let's not be like God's people in the wilderness that grumbled and complained at every turn. That grumbled and complained at every opportunity to see the lack rather than the one that has provided in the past. If he did it then, he'll do it again. Amen? If he did it before, he'll do it again. If he did it in our lives in the past, he wants to do it in our lives in the future. And it's not about us. Everything he gets to this church should flow through this church. How many times have we said, God, we're thankful for your salvation, for your son, us are thankful for him the one who sent his only son guys I want our hearts to be in a position of gratitude to the source not a resource I want us to be in a position today and as we go into this week remembering who has brought us all the things Fight the urge. Fight the tendency. Father, we thank you today for all that you have brought to us, the things that you have placed in our possession, the things that you have gotten to us, even from the unlikeliest sources. But, Father, we don't place our faith in a resource. We place our full trust in you. Father, just as we've seen in your word, you can pull it from one source one time and then pull it from a completely different source the next time. And if we fixate on the resource, if we set our mind on the natural, we'll miss what you want to do in the spiritual. But all things flow from you. All things were created by you. You place them in our possession to do with as you please. So, Father, I thank you that you help reveal in our hearts and in our minds today all that you have placed in our possession, all that you have made available to us. But may we remember that you have brought it to us. May we remember that you are the God of more than enough. May we remember that you are the king. You are the creator. You are the father that sustains us. Gives us life itself. And it flows from you. Father, we thank you for that today.